podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to the last ever episode of the Nina Kauser Show. Now this game, it's almost upsetting that my final game is an utterly pointless one where the Reds have nothing to play for, but what an entertaining game. It finished 4-4, shouldn't have happened against Southampton, but it did. But you know what? It's never about me. I've got two incredible guests on this show, so without and some excellent callers as well. So you know what? Let me introduce them one last time. First up, I am delighted to be joined by a familiar voice on the Nina Kauser show and um, somebody that's helped me out a fair bit and actually has a good record on this show as well. So it's good that we don't lose. It is Carl. Carl, welcome back. Thanks, Nina. Glad to be back um, on the show and particularly for your final show. and just you know to take the minute to, to thank you for kind of get the opportunity to be a small part of the show in, in recent years but you know ho- hopefully we can make it a good one as we uh roll the curtain down on things yeah you're just booting me at the door aren't you carl that's what you're here for and joining carl on the podcast you know what i, I smile uh because um Ages, ages ago, he made his debut on, on Anfield Index podcast and it was on the Nina Kauser show and he became a, a respected voice and opinion on, on the site and channel and uh, it's great to have him back on. It's Mr. Andy Wales. Welcome back, Andy. Good afternoon, Nina. And can I just say I am indeed honoured to be uh, to be a guest on your final ever show. And, and no, I have absolutely never, ever, ever forgotten the fact that yeah, my my podcasting uh, started with you, and um, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> very very thankful for for everything that you've given, and um, like I say, just honoured to be here with you on your final show. Oh, uh, you know what? It's an absolute um, uh, pleasure having you on. And you know what, guys? Before we get into it, it was an utterly pointless game. I've got some callers, but I just want to get your thoughts. It was an utterly pointless game. Um, what did you I mean what I guess what I want to say is because it's it meant nothing so what are your takeaways from it moving forward next season Andy I'm going to come to you first um to be honest I think it's difficult to take too much away from that game it was like you say you know it, it was a game that meant absolutely nothing to either team neither neither side had anything to play for it was perhaps Indicative of um, why both teams are in the position they're in with uh, some of the defending that was on display, the reason why Liverpool aren't in a Champions League position and the reason why Southampton are going to be playing championship football uh, next season because some of the defending was um, comical and 
And I hate to be, um, you know, the, to state the bleeding obvious, but um, with the amount of changes, I guess that really it, it's difficult to um, to expect, you know, half the players on that team to have too much in the way of um, rhythm and cohesion when they've barely yeah. featured in weeks and weeks. So well, I think it was it, it was it was that kind of a game, given the circumstances uh, that surrounded it. Yeah, you know what, and obviously some legends were going to go out as their final game. And, you know, when it kind of finished, um, uh, when it was at, like, 4-2, Carl, it was giving me uh, Steven Gerrard's last game, Stoke City 6-1 vibes. And I was a bit, like, disgusted with that. And I couldn't go out like that as well. And I was like, this can't happen. So, I mean, what are your takeaways from this? Are there any positives? It kind of... I'm glad that we salvaged a point because I think if we'd lost that game, you know, the little bit of work that we were putting in in terms of like the positives and the progressiveness, I felt like it would have been really, it would have been really, really awful had we ended on losing a game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was important not to to lose today as much as really, you know, a win wouldn't have meant much I, I do think a, a loss might have hurt us and particularly yeah. as you said with the, the likes of Milner and Bobby going out for, for the last game and, and there may be some other players that were out there today that were playing their their last game so with that in mind it's it's nice that they haven't gone out with a loss I mean as Andy said it, it, it's very hard when you've got kind of a game that means nothing to kind of get yourself up for it you know there's inevitably going to be some slackness when you make that many changes particularly bringing in players that aren't really playing lately there is going to be an air of rust Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that's striking in that, you know, maybe with the exception of Kelleher, you can say obviously a subkeeper that they, they, they're expected not to play often. And, you know, you can forgive a bit, a bit of rustiness from them. But with with other players, the reason they're not playing is because, you know, seemingly Klopp doesn't trust them to play. You know, we, we brought in our, our three kind of backup defenders effectively today in Simicas, Matip and Gomez. And obviously as well, we brought James Milner in in midfield and, you know, there, there seemed to be a big gulf. Not not that we've been defensively solid of late, you know, there, there has been some... Let's just put in that disclaimer. Shaky games, but we definitely looked more solid than we did today. And I think it really, for me, kind of highlighted the need, like a lot, everyone's focusing on the midfield and, and that is important. The midfield was poor at times today, but I think as well, it shows that we need to have better competition for for places in that defence because you know we've seen the likes of you know Trent earlier in the season and and Van Dijk you know that they weren't at their best but there wasn't really anyone to properly push them for those places and and we need to have more competition there next season that's that's something else that's really key for me in the window and I think today showed it it did and you know what we've got a couple of callers lined up so you know what we'll we'll go on to that segment now we'll go to our first caller doesn't need an introduction. I'm going to give him one anyway. It's the podfather himself, but hardly does any podcasting. So you yes, know what, so I, can't, I can't have that name anymore. No, you can't. But you know what? I'm putting out a rally and a cry to get you on the mic again. So you know what? Gags, welcome onto the Nina Carver show. Well, it's. I don't want to really talk about the game. I, I don't really want to talk about Liverpool this season, as you can tell. I don't do any pods anymore. <laughs> Anything I say will be uh, will be too negative, and also um, just the facts and truth about how terrible this season has been, and how under how we have underachieved, and especially um, the manager, the coaching staff, and obviously the players as well. But this isn't about them. This is all about you today, and um, you know I'm glad that the two goals went in. 
at the end. So this 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 show doesn't end with a loss, yeah. And it and it and it ends with a bit of a comeback. Um, but yeah, thanks Hendo for the for the assist for the fourth for them. We could have been a win, but yeah, <laughs> had to get that in. Had to get that in. But um, Nin, honestly, this is some wow. This has been. There's some longevity here from you in this show. I mean, 2014, another year and you would have gone to 10. Another year and a half, maybe, it would have been 10 years. And that's um, that's that's a long time in doing a weekly post-match show with callers. That's a, a, you know, that's a phase of your life that you've dedicated to this. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that you're tired. You're tired and you need some time. To, to enjoy the match days, you know, like a fan. And, uh, you know, that's absolutely perfect for you. You know, you deserve it. And you've you've been fantastic. This has been a staple for us on Anfield Index. Um, thankfully, we still have um, post-match Raw, so we, we don't yeah. lose all of our post-match content, which, you know, that's what made this a little bit easier. Yes. Because, um, yeah, it made your decision easier as well because you knew yep. they there, the guys are there. Yep. So, guys, they'll be live next year so they can you can listen to them instead. But I'll be calling mean... into vent. Yeah, you should call into vent. We should have a call-in section for 10 minutes on that show, to be fair. But, um, no, I, I think it, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be missed and, um, you know that what you've done is 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 not appreciated it really is and it's been it's been a long slog if you ask anyone else and i remember i used to do this on match days too as in i used to be producing with you every yes. i think i did i think can half we, the time the listeners know? can we let the listeners know our first game so it was back the first ever nina casa show happened aired on the 19th of october 2014 crystal <laughs> palace 2 liverpool 3 there were three own goals, one from Gerard, one by Dunn, and one by Stephen Paul. Fucking hell. And Coutinho scored, apparently. Did, so, yeah, he did. So, you know what? It's been, um, it's, it's, like I said, for half of them I was there, and then I had to stop as well. And I can't tell you how much of a relief it was when I wasn't mm-hmm. doing post-match. So, those of you that are listening, please don't take these lightly. It's, you know, it was QPR. It was QPR, and then, not Palace, I think. Oh, sorry, I've completely sorry. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know what? It would not be well, me. Well, if well, I'd, done, yeah. well done, well done, Kieran. Well done. Yeah. You got Nina's. It's not a Nina Carroll show if she doesn't butcher the name of a team. You know. <laughs> so. You know what? The worst thing is as well. I had it pulled up on my screen and I still <laughs> the wrong team. <laughs> you know, like, this is, is, yeah, it, this but, is but, fatigue. This yeah. is like yeah. But my point is, it's it's a tough slug. So you, you have to appreciate that you've done this for so long and, you know, you deserve it. You deserve to take that time and it doesn't mean you're going anywhere. You're still an Anfield Index. I know a lot of people thought, oh, she's leaving. No, no, it's no. nothing like that. She's, um, she's, she's still an Anfield Index. She'll be working, hopefully still doing a few pods when you want to, but that's yeah. your choice. But um, at the end of the day, thank you, man. Thank you so much. You've done, you, you know, you've done a lot You done, and you carried, you know, AI for a while at the, in that middle phase, you know, where you did a lot of editing, a lot of pods when it was just me and you. So, and then Guy came and uh, started to help out. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, lot of history here, isn't there? A lot of history, yes. but I think um, I think Eddie's here as well. Bring in mine. Yeah, I think one of the big thing is one of the big things, and maybe Eddie was it, how many people you've given a debut to on this show. That that's absolutely that that's a massive thing. You think Andy said it right there at the start that 
how many people have got their introduction through this show. I mean, it wasn't the first show I did, but it must have been about the second. And uh, very quickly, I realized I didn't want to do post-match shows. <laughs> and I mean, I, I probably only did three or four. And it was, uh, I think that's kind of resonates with some of the stuff Gags is there. That people have to realize the commitment that goes into this, uh, for what, what you guys do, what Nina does, what the guys do on Raw. Everyone knows it. When you get to that game day, we all have lives. And what you're doing is you're out there scrambling, you're ducking and diving, you're trying to make your schedule work so you can watch the game. Just watch it, just for two hours. But you guys go above and beyond that. You don't just have to find two hours to watch it. You then have to find another two hours to record a podcast, to then edit that podcast, to then release that podcast. I mean, you're talking a, a four-hour commitment every match day, and that is absolutely massive. And, and a late-night game, that killers. And a, oh, honestly, uh, it's one of those things. I, I mean, I'm... I'm stunned actually once Raw came along on the on the Anfield Index Pro side when it was behind the paywall. I'm stunned that Nina wanted to carry on as long as she did. And I think that's testament to her first and foremost, but also to the to the people that listen to the show, because it's never ever waned in popularity. We see the numbers, we see how many people listen to this show, and it is massive. It's never gone away. And that's the user interactive, the uh the, the fact that Nina's taking these get these calls, she's mixing up the panel, she's getting different people on. Obviously, we've had Andy come back today. Andy was obviously a massive staple. You've got Carl, who's done so many of these as well. There's Stephen. There's, there's, there's guys that you don't hear a lot on other shows anymore that come on this show and get their voice and get their opinion across on, on what this great club has achieved over that period. And it's one of the great things, I suppose, about this show is that it's gone from where you just mentioned the QPR game and the own goals and the, and the mess that we were in back then. We've descended the mountain. We've been to Everest. And well, maybe kind of halfway up there on the way back down just now. But let's hope we can, uh, we can kick on again. But you've had all of those great moments that this show has been able to cover. And uh, I, I mean, I can just echo what Gag said there. I mean, it's incredible what you've done, Nina. It is absolutely phenomenal. And I don't think, I, I don't wow. think, I mean, it is. I couldn't do it. And I mean, I, I'm not one that likes to shirk a task, but gee whiz, it's incredible to, to put in so much effort week after week, game after game. Gag said weekly show. At times, it used to be a two-weekly show. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes still is when you had midweek Premier League games. And I mean, that is, that's just an absolutely phenomenal achievement. And I'm so happy for you that you're getting to go out when you've decided the right time. I mean... <laughs> People can say what they want about whether whether we've been involved in this. None of us have had anything to do with this other than you. No one involved no. in Anfield Index has been involved in this decision. This was your decision. You came to us a few weeks ago. And to be fair, I've expected it to come every season. So it's like uh, it's one of those things that it's uh, it's not really surprised me. It's more surprised me how long you've managed to uh, to commit to doing this show. And you're 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 going out at the top. You know, what I mean, not not the club. Not the team, but you're going at the top of your your podcast in a sphere. You've dropped back a bit from other shows, but you're still doing so much work. And I mean, it's uh, I think Dave Hendricks said it on one of the Daily Reds this week how much effort you put in to pull in the strings that make this thing tick. The rest of us are part timers by comparison. We really are, and I think that that's what everyone needs to realize is that AI is going to continue. We're going nowhere. We're going to have a busy summer. We've made lots of plans. Yep. But Nina is still absolutely pivotal yes. to all of these things that we're doing. And uh, she's working on some new things just now, which are going to be a bit of a challenge. But we're going to get there. We are going <laughs> to get there. Can I say something back to you guys? Because I've got you both on. I think listeners... Big Zero as well. This. 
Yeah, Greg as well. It's, Greg, it's great to have you on as well. Look at this. I even get Greg on the live Discord. You know what? Maybe I should fake her retirement every season. What have I been doing for the past 10 years? I don't know. But no, I want to just say something to you guys. You know, you've said some really, really nice things. I'm truly humbled by what you said, but I couldn't have done this. I couldn't have grown without this channel and the support. And not many people know this, but you you guys have always supported all of us. And I'll just speak from my personal experience. Through everything, you've always been really supportive. You know, um, the fact that this was the first post-match call-in show on the Liverpool sphere, and it was female-led as well, like the empowerment that everyone's got, regardless of where they've come from. You know, we've had the international podcast. We've, you know, there's, there's always been so much diversity, so much creativity so many different opinions and thoughts and I just think that it was like it's AI is like a cauldron of like creative ideas where people have different perspectives not everyone has the same viewpoints and I think that's what made this place absolutely incredible and like you said Gags it's you know life life happens and your circumstances change and your responsibilities change and um you know, I don't feel uh, bad about the decision because Raw is an excellent podcast. Like, it is elite. And there's something great there for all the listeners to enjoy. You know? And success, your humbleness on the way out as well. But, Nim, <laughs> you, you did a fantastic job. Absolutely amazing. We don't want to take I think, away I think, from I think we need though. to leave. I think we need to leave with giving the guy something to talk about. So, yeah, <laughs> not about this game because that was a heap of shit. I can, honestly, I couldn't be bothered watching. I was, I was glued to the Everton game, if I'm being honest, and that let me down as well. Literally, everything yeah. since that, everything <laughs> since that Everton Brighton game has just gone wrong. It's just, yeah, <laughs> no results have gone away. So, guys, the question: uh, Has Klopp <laughs> learned anything from this show of the season? Nice way to end the show. And then just want to say thank you and well done again before we go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well guys. done. Well done. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and hats, to our signature edition mugs prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Cheers. Thank you. So that was uh, Eddie and Gags. Um, you know what? There's a question there by Eddie. So let's quickly answer it, then we'll move on to our next caller. Carl, I'm going to come to you. Um, you know, Jurgen Klopp, he was a bit more candid in his press conferences of, of late, saying, oh, we need a big overhaul. We actually spent, as opposed to what he was kind of saying in the press conferences uh, at the early of the season, saying that my squad is perfect. I don't need a midfielder. I don't need this. I don't need that. He's been seeing some things and he's been saying, oh, I need, you know, I, I need an overhaul in certain things. And he's been a bit more open and honest about it. Do you think he's going to, he's going to, um, honor his word? Do you think he's learned anything, um, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe some of the personnel that he tends to favor? You kind of alluded to, um, uh, maybe some of those players would be playing, you know, um, uh, 
their their last game as well. So um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think he's learned something. I, I sure hope he's learned something. I mean, I think there's been some signs, obviously, last summer himself and Pep, you know, worked on a, a new system and we saw that new system did not work at all. It it failed to get the, the best out of some of our best players, such as Trent and, and Salah. And then he, he kind of backtracked on the system and we saw four four two for a while. It was very simplistic, but it seemed to be able to grind some results out. But then Klopp, and Pep seemed to think that if they just spent, you know, a, a, a winter camp with a, a fraction of the squad working on, on the new style again, that suddenly it would miraculously work. It didn't. It probably, at this point now, cost us our window in on top four. And then finally, finally, they accepted it wasn't working. They scrapped it. They had a look at what City and Arsenal were doing, clearly. And they, they moved to this new system. And, and we saw some signs that it was able to get better out of Salah. It was able to get maybe the best out of Trent. And, you know, that that's certainly a positive sign that he was able to finally put aside his stubbornness and accept that that, that new system they were trying wasn't working. In terms of the personnel... Again, you know, maybe I'm just looking for positive signs, but I think the fact we've barely seen the likes of Matip, the, the likes of Milner in, in recent weeks, even though at times, you know, maybe we, we were bare bones in, in certain games, but still he wasn't playing. It maybe shows that he's finally accepted that those players aren't good enough anymore. I know I suppose Milner's comments that Klopp wanted to keep him might say otherwise, but but hopefully that was just, you know, niceties, let's say. Um, because I, I think, as I alluded to earlier, I think you know I love Joel Matip. I was, you know, I'm a Schalke or my. I know that won't go down well with with uh, a lot of the Dortmund fans out there, but Schalke are my German team of choice. Fortunately, they were just relegated. But I was delighted when we picked up yeah. Matip. You know, I, I loved him as a player. I, I I know there was a lot of German writers and stuff very negative about it at the time, but I I. I completely dismissive but I knew he was going to be a success and he was a success but look he's he's almost 32 now you know he he was never the fittest player a lot of injuries I think they've caught up on him he doesn't look the same player anymore and it's time that you have to be cutthroat and say goodbye to the likes of Matip Mm. I think today showed that so hopefully Klopp now is is you know I'm hoping based on not seeing less of those players that maybe now he has finally made that acceptance that they aren't good enough anymore and he needs to get fresh blood in and freshen things up very interesting and Andy I'm going to come to you because I think again you watch a lot of German football as well and I think a lot of people are really really intrigued about you know Jurgen Klopp's last season at Dortmund and obviously he's had a poor season this season I think we can all agree on that and I'm sure he'll grade it quite low as well the difference here is he's got you know years on his contract like he's not leaving on on a bad so I'm really interested to see what he, what you think what he'll do in terms of will he learn his mistakes I think one thing that we loved Jürgen Klopp for was the fact that you know players would run through brick walls for him but how do you achieve that you achieve that by making those players feel important to give them loyalty in order for them to give loyalty back so are we going to see a shift in power, maybe a shift in dynamics of how Jurgen Klopp does things? Does uh, can you teach a dog new tricks like Jurgen Klopp? I'm intrigued, Andy. What's your response? Um, can I I'll just start with saying Jonathan Harding wrote a, an excellent book on German football called Mensch, and it was yes. centered around the the human side of football. 
And this, I think, is particularly pertinent for Jurgen Klopp because the humanity of Jurgen Klopp is his biggest strength, is his biggest asset. He is... He has that humanity. He has that ability to reach out and touch people and connect with people, both in the stands and on the pitch. And that connection he has with the players, the, the, the close contact, like you said, players will run through walls for him because he's so loyal, because he has that connection with them. And whilst that is one of his biggest assets, if not his biggest asset, it's also one of his weaknesses because the flip side of that is because he's so loyal, because he has this strong connection with them and he has this human bond, he finds it difficult mm. to move on and move past and do the cold side of the game. The point where you say, you know what, um, you, it, you've, it's done. You've, you've, we've had the best days out of you. Um, that's it. We need to move you on and you're going to have to find a new club son. And it's difficult for him to do that. And I think that's really where the whole thing of the sporting director role comes in, where you need the sporting director and it is removed from him. And the sporting director is the one who has got the power to be able to say two players who were 30, 31, 32, 33 years old, who are now past their peak, who are showing the signs of physical decline to say, you know what, we're not going to renew his contract. We're not going to be offering them a new deal. It's time that we move them on. And, and have that connection with the uh, with the player and take that away from Klopp. So <clears throat> so Klopp doesn't lose that bond and at the same time the, the club is able to keep on top of things and turn that squad over because this is the thing that's really cost us and it's caught up with us this season is the last two years where we've needed to evolve the squad and make a few new movements. You know, two or th an extra couple of players moved on each summer, one or two more players come in. That's gradual turnover. As it, instead of doing that, we're leaving ourselves in a situation now where this summer we need a big turnover. And there's going to be a, a, a lot of players and a lot of work that's got to be done. And the thing, obviously, the consequence of coming with a big turnover is the settling-in period. And you see how how much that affected Chelsea and Nottingham Forest this season. You know, you turn over a lot of players and it becomes difficult to settle them in and find your rhythm, especially when you think about the, um, the, the intricacies of how Klopp likes to play in terms of his press and his patterns of play. So it's going to be a difficult time this summer to to do all the work that we need to do. Obviously, the other thing being the owners haven't necessarily put their hands in their pockets as much as we've needed them to. So the, there's a challenge there in, in managing the budget, in turning the squad over, and then there's going to be that challenge of getting all them players integrated and getting everything up and running in the new season. Um, and as for Klopp, has he changed or will he change? Honestly, uh, the fact that he wanted to offer new deals to Milner and to Bobby Firmino kind of suggests to me that he's not quite changed yet. Maybe he recognises the need for him to do things slightly differently, but whether he will actually do that, I'm not so certain. The proof will be in the pudding, and, and hopefully there will be some adjustments. And if it is indeed Jörg Schmacker that comes in, they are good friends. They do have a good connection. But Schmatka is a guy who's um, 
who's experienced enough and confident enough in himself that he's not frightened mm. to rub people up the wrong way. And he will probably not be frightened to tell Jurgen Klopp, no, this is wrong. And I'm sure Klopp, rather than looking at a guy who's very, very young and this is his first job, will maybe look at Schmacker and say, OK, I can respect your opinion and your experience. So I'm hopeful and optimistic that we'll see some change. But like I said, I think the, the proof will be in the pudding. It's going to be a very, very trying and challenging time to do the amount of things that we need to do in the summer and then integrate them and get them all up and running next season. So it's, um, it's, it, it's, I, I think there's, there's still big challenges ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite concerned about this as well because I think if Jurgen Klopp completely does a full 180 on himself, he loses his authenticity. Like, he won't be that Jurgen Klopp and then you kind of lose the essence of who he is. I I think it'll be slight changes to maybe what he, he does and his approach. Like, you know, I think a lot of people will, like, split. I think, you know, a player that probably really does split opinion is maybe a player like a Jordan Henderson. And maybe he, he still treats him with the respect and, you know, like the club captain and stuff, but sort of picks and chooses when when to play him. Like, he's not his go-to midfielder. I think he slowly starts phasing out. I think the loyalty gets sort of gets diminished slowly, 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 rather than just taking it at one grasp, because I don't think that's the Jurgen Klopp approach, or he wouldn't do that. That's personally my opinion, but we'll have to see what happens, um, you know, moving forward. But it's really, really intriguing, and it's really intriguing from a Liverpool perspective as well, because and Jurgen Klopp perspective, because he's going to have to learn a lot from this as well, because it's a poor season by his standard. He knows it's a poor season, and what's his bounce back now? You know, how does he how does he respond? How do, how does he get the players to respond? Because it looks like for most part of the season they've not been responding to him at all. Like some things, there's been like there's been like a massive disconnect. So really, really interesting. But great question by Eddie. And wonderfully answered by both Carl and Andy there. So I'm going to move on to our next caller because we do have a few. So I'm going to go to the next one. It is Kieran, a really, really familiar voice on the Nina Casa show um, these past couple of years. So it's great to have him on, on brand. Thank you, Nina. No, it's great to have you on and thank you for correcting me as well. I really, really appreciate it. But Kieran, you know the format of this show. The floor is yours. Take it away. Well, I'm uh, just glad the the season is over, really. Um, I think for the first time since the 2014-15 season, it's the first time where I'm glad to see the back of the season. To be honest, I think from the very first game at Fulham, I knew there were uh, were worrying signs from that game that this was going to be a bit of a slog this season and it proved to be that way. Um, I think um, I think there's a big summer ahead for the club. I think um, we need to we need to get it right. Put it that way. We need to get the right players. The recruitment needs to be good because I think we can't have an R season like this next year. Because I think if we do, then I would think that we would probably have to seriously consider club's future. Which I hope never has to come that because I, I love the man to death. But two of the last three seasons have been outright failures for this club, and it's not acceptable. Um, so I think, I think it's going to hang. It's a really, really big summer ahead for the club. 
No, I, th I think it will be. I think it will be. But, um, Kieran, thank you so much for your call. My pleasure. Thank you. No, thanking you. And you know what? Let's quickly answer. Um, let's just quickly address an issue there, Carl, that um, uh, Kieran's raised. It's going to be a big summer. So I'm guessing what Kieran's leading to there is transfers, you know, working on things. I mean, how important is it that Liverpool get their business done early? I think that is going to be probably one of the key fundamentals of how the next season progresses for us in terms of getting the players, the players that you want, and working with them and getting them drilled in. Because I think this bedding in period can't, I don't think we have that luxury like we, like the way we did with the Andy Robertsons and the Fabinho's. So I want to get your thoughts on, on the big summer ahead. And is it, as Kieran said, is it make or break next season for Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, I mean, I think Klopp would tell you that himself. I mean, he he hinted partway through the season that if, if not for his past glories, he, he probably would have been on the chopping block like a lot of managers around the league were. So I think he knows that, that he's under pressure. And I think even if he wasn't sacked, like if he let us down next season, I wouldn't be surprised to see him walk away you know knowing that he, he let us down because you know I, th I think you know we can be critical of Klopp but I think he's probably his own biggest critic in, in a lot of senses Um, he, he might not give that away kind of in, in his words but he certainly gives me that impression Um, as for the window I mean it's it's massive I mean it, it's our biggest window for me since Klopp's first summer window Um, you know it it, it feels like we're you know, that wasn't a great squad that Brendan Rodgers left him with. I mean, Brendan Rodgers never managed to, to, to build a squad, really, even even despite challenging for the league. Um, we never had a squad after that point. And I think a lot of it had to do with kind of the, the, the kind of weird du duology of having a manager picking signings and then, you know, others above them picking different signings and it never quite meshed. So that left Klopp with, you know, the... the the task of building an actual squad and, and that's why that first window was so important to you know things like getting pace in which we we severely lacked and that's where Mane came in and you know getting some mobility in that midfield and, and Genie came in and, and things like that so we're again at that point where there's a lot of holes in there particularly in the, the middle of the park and in terms of our defensive depth and you know I know a lot of fans right now I'd say the majority of Liverpool fans are probably have their fingers crossed for three midfielders and, and two defenders. But really, if we throw realism out of, out the window in an ideal world, we'd probably be signing four midfielders and three defenders. The squad is, is just that bad. And, and as you say, it's so key. I know Klopp, it's said every summer that Klopp wants to get his players in early. He wants to be able to work with them. And I think every manager does to, to, to some degree. Um, but I think this year it is so, so key. You know, we're, we're still in the early days of this new system and, and Klopp seems to suggest this is what we're pressing forward with. Fair enough. But this isn't a system that a lot of teams play there. It might grow in popularity over the, the next few years as obviously managers like Pep and Javi and, and Klopp are utilising it. But for now, it, it isn't a system that's widely in use, at least kind of at the, in the top divisions. And with that in mind, players that are going to be coming in, they're not going to have been used to, to playing in these roles. You know, for, for example, like a, a left defender, you know, kind of having to, to, to be able to play both as a left back and a left centre back, depending on, on the requirements at times, you know, it's going to require work for whoever comes in. So with that in mind, the earlier they get in the door, the more time they get to work on the training ground, get get to grips with what Klopp and, and Pep and, and the rest of the team want them to do. 
the the better for us. So it's so so important. And I know, uh, you know, it was reported that that was the plan. And Klopp was asked directly about it in the press conference, and he suggested that maybe some of the targets could drag on. And and people lost their minds at that. You know, for Klopp had to be honest. You know, we don't have full control over this. You know, you have competition for players. You have, you know, teams striving to keep their players. You have, you know, teams wanting to secure replacements for to let people go. You know, Klopp, if Klopp had came out and said, "Yeah, we're going to get five, six new faces in." by the middle of June and it's going to be great. And then if that didn't happen, can you imagine the backlash? So we, we have to understand that some of this might take work, but I, I think the quicker we get people in, the better it's going to serve us next season because a lot of these players are going to be coming in to play key parts. As as you alluded to, they aren't going to be coming in and be eased in. You know, we're not going to see like, you know, Robertson come in and watch from the bench while Moreno plays or, you know, anything like that. You know, I'd say at least a couple of players are going to have to come straight in and make an instant impact. And to do that, they're going to need a good preseason behind them. They really are, and also, you know, um, uh, the, you know, getting drilled into to formations and things. Now, Andy, um, same question to you. Wanna, I wanna angle it slightly different. So, bit, I mean, with the disappointing season that we've had, are you optimistic about players and new signings, or does it is is it a cause of concern because you said something, and we all know this, owners are a bit tight-handed. Will they support their man, Jurgen Klopp, the man that they I mean, What I would say is, I think the power that Jurgen Klopp has, you know, the, the owners, they pursued Jurgen Klopp for years until they finally got him. And I do firmly believe that yeah. if he went to them and he said, look, you know, I've seen the budget, but I'm going to need more than that. I, you know, you need to, for everything that I've given you, everything that I've help turn this club back into and being a part of spearheading this club and its success and, and to what it is now as to what it is when what it was when I took over. I'm going to need some more and you guys are going to need to back me. I I firmly believe they'd find a way to, to get some more money. Um, maybe, who knows, you know, how much and all the rest of it. But I do think if he put the pressure on them to say we're going to need to get some more, I think they would find ways of doing it. So I I, I do feel like we will spend. Um, the question for me is is not so much how much we spend as to how well we spend it and and how many players we we bring in and the areas that we actually look to address. That that would be my only concern is is just do we bring enough players of sufficient quality in to address the the number of issues that we have both in midfield and now also in the back line uh, and that's just the players going out that's you know that's not even including any players that um you know decide it's time for them to move on such as for instance say Kelleher decides he wants to go and become a number one somewhere else or say Simicast wants to go and play first team football somewhere so there could be, you know, the amount of turnover we need to do, it's 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 whether or not do we continue with this system and if we do, how that, how that affects our transfer strategy, that would be my thing. Are, are we going to sign enough of the right players in order for us to be back in a position to be able to compete next season? That would be my only concern. And I, I'm, I'm absolutely hopeful of it. But um, again, 
it, it's that cliche, the proof's in the pudding. Let's see let's see what we actually start to do. I mean, if McAllister, that deal gets over the line, that's a good start because he's a quality player and that's what we need to be doing. We need to be doing mm. um, more quality signings along those lines and, and addressing the issues that we've got in the squad, particularly, like you said, in that midfield and in that back line. There is a lot to be done. There really is. There really is. And your your main concern is my main concern as well, because I've just got this horrible, horrible fear. And it's maybe because of previous seasons is one marquee signing and that's it. And, you know, and that's not good enough. That's you're not going to achieve much there. I mean, it's it's just not. I mean, had we slowly, slowly invested in the midfield from years on, like, I mean, you know, like we slowly, slowly just kept building like everybody else. We wouldn't have been in this massive issue where the we need a big overhaul in the midfield and, you know, we need we need good, competent backups and players that are going to rival the defence. You know, we wouldn't be in this position. So that's my biggest concern is, is like you said, will we do enough? And I've just got this scary, scary feeling. And I hope I'm wrong. I really want to be wrong that we just get one marquee signing or one big signing and then just sort of put corners everywhere else, which I think will be catastrophic to everything and the whole Jurgen Klopp legacy as well, because I don't want his last seasons to be like that. But... Listeners, let us know, engage with us. What are your thoughts for the transfer window? We're very, very intrigued. Are you optimistic? Are you are you cautious? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Now we're going to move on to our next caller. Hopefully he's there. Tad, Tad, are you there? Hey, Nen, how are you? So good, so good. All the better that you called. It's great to have you on the show. Oh, I would not have missed this show for anything in the world. Um, first and foremost, huge congratulations on... A phenomenal show, um, end of an era, um, you know, you announcing that you're not going to be hosting the show going forward. Um, Gags and Eddie spoke about, you know, people that you gave, you know, their first appearances to. I'm testament of one of those people. You gave me my wings on, you know, podcasting, be, being able to speak on podcasting and, you know, stuff like that. And then now I have my own show which is just surreal. Um, and then also you touched on it as well, being a, a, a female, not just a female analyst or a female pundit on a show, but a female host on a show, which is not easy at all. Um, you were like a trailblazer in that sense. And we've seen, you know, other shows come up where, you know, women have be- gotten prominent roles in there i think huge congratulations to you for that um i know it's something that we pride ourselves on on a tad predictable is can we get um not just a a male dominated show but a a show that has a a voice for everyone um you know jody was on the show she went on and she started her own podcast um we've got you know, a whole host of female um, pundits now that are on the show as well that we're hoping will go on. And uh, we we don't hold on to talent. We want them to come on the show and go start their own thing. It it makes a success of our show. But um, I, I commented in the comment section, and guys, cheap plug, go and check out Discord because you get to interact with the with the hosts, with the panelists live as they're recording. And I mentioned that, you know, I noticed Nina Kauser is now a free agent and I would be remiss in the line of work that I'm in 
uh, not to at least try and poach you whilst you're a free agent to say, look, um, a tad predictable, we would love to have you on for one episode next year at least. Um, we've just crowned a new champion for a tad predictable banquet or burn it. Guy Drinkle did not win it, uh, which okay. we're very happy about. Uh, the suits upstairs, the Eddie Gibbses of the world were happy that he didn't win it. Otherwise, it would look a bit suspect. But it's definitely uh, something we would want you to go on. And maybe I'll give you a bit of time to think about it. But do you have any advice for people that want to get into podcasting or want to get into hosting, what it takes, what you need to look out for, maybe some hints and tips? Um, but whilst you think about that, I think it's, it was so fitting that Bobby Firmino scored today. Um, I was just so happy for you. <laughs> I was happy for Bobby to score on his last... He, he scored in his last home game and he scored in his last game for Liverpool. But I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect for Nina's show. Bobby scored. We He's featured so much on your show. Um, yeah. So it was just lovely. But do you have any advice for maybe people that want to get into podcasting or hosting or anything like that? Yeah, first of all, get your people to talk to my people. I'm sure we can sort something <laughs> out for That sounds like, very expensive. That yeah, very yeah. Let's sit down and have that meeting. Um, no, um, seriously, I think anyone that wants to podcast, and I always say this to everyone, you know what? Just have fun and be yourself. You know, be yourself, um, enjoy yourself, make sure it's a, something that you're passionate about. You know, because y- you, can't, you can't fake your personality. Like, I can't. I can't be, you know, like a gag's tandem because I'm not that person. I'm not that temperament. You know, I do make mistakes on air and things like that. And I think that, and you know, like I've been caught eating on the podcast and stuff. And, you know, like, the, you know, I mean, don't do that. But what I'm saying is, you know, it, you know, just be true to yourself and people will appreciate that because if everyone was the same, I think it'd be really, really boring. I think go out, just try it, get over the things. I used to really hate the sound of my voice. I still hate the sound of my own voice, but here I am. I've been podcasting for so long. You know, just these insecurities are in your head. And I think the world, whoever you are, if you're listening to this, if you want to take my advice, if it's sound to you, you know, I think the world needs a little bit of you listening who's thinking about doing a podcast or thinking about creating any kind of content. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Perfect advice. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. So that's that's my take on it. Um. Uh, so yeah, Tad, thank you so much for calling. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, and good luck in your future endeavors on a, a Tad Predictable. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and of course, I'm a busy work on Anfield Index as well. Yep, guys, that was Tad. Again. Um, we'll move on to our next caller. Let's get through these because they have been patiently waiting. Up next, we have Harinda. Harinda, I'm really sad because that picture won't be live anymore. The Bobby Firmino one. You had to start with that, didn't you? I got really sad. How do you think I fucking felt? <laughs> Forget your feelings, I was about, you know, it blesses it, it exactly. my family. No, no, uh, hang on, I'm calling in, I'll talk about my feelings. I don't give two shits about your feelings right now, honestly. Okay. What was that Channel 4 school programme? You know where the girl at the end, where she has an argument with that friend of hers, or ex-friend of hers, and she goes, I don't know about your problems, I don't know about your problems, I'm really sorry, yeah, but your problems, like, that's the I thing. Mean, I don't know. Girl from Bradford, I'm, I still can't stand what she says, I know you mean, listen, yeah, I don't know, yeah. Like, <laughs> listen, you spent the last eight years on podcasts trying to emulate her, at least try and get it right. Come on, honestly. Right. Huh? Leaving, leaving, the, leaving the sad note aside, Leaving the sad note aside about cows are leaving uh, and Bobby. I'm, I'm a bit stunned that nobody's asked this question yet. And they may have already. I mean, I only started listening about 10 minutes ago or so when I got back to my car and realized that it was covered in bird shit, so I had to get rid of it. But what, what is it with Southampton and all these bloody birds as well? Their bird shit is like the size of a roti. It's like the size of a chapati. Like, it's like, whoa. Hang on, what the fuck is going on over here? It's revenge for the last time you running them over. That was pigeons. These were seagulls. Oh, right. oh, sorry, sorry. I know, listen, I know that you're still stuck with Shane in your head, and we're all trying to work out who Shane is somewhere else in a different planet of this. But there's a big difference between a pigeon and a seagull. Like, massive. See, now you're going to have extra time on your hands. These are the things you can go and do. You can go yeah. and see the difference. There you go. Honestly, stop, throwing off, stop throwing me off track as well. I, I, I play, listen, seasoned professional of your podcast here and serial caller in. Not as serial as other people, I must admit. Not as serial as other people, but still a serial caller in. Right, my point and my question, because I don't think it's been asked so far, is you started this one in twin. When was the first live? It was 2015 season, 15, 16, I'm sure. No, 14, we went. Oh, live, live, yes, live was about 15, live. 16, yeah. I'd say 16, 17, you know. No, what was the app called, though? Rabble, Rubble, whatever it was. No, I think we went from Skype to Discord, you know. No, you did it properly live once. And it was on a, a rabble, a rabbit, something like that. It began with R. It was an app. I, I do you know, yes. Yeah, after the post. Um, I don't think, was it after Spurs? It was before that, I'm sure, because rabble had been in for a bit. But that's the one I really remember because I used to be annoyed with it being on Skype because you couldn't really do Skype after a football match um, while you're in your car and still hear it. But the rabble thing worked great, and it was properly live. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. And then along came Discord, and I was like, yay! You know what? Post-match, life has not been shit anymore. That's one thing I will say about this pod. I used to absolutely loathe the fact that the only option really was to listen to fucking numpties call in to BBC Radio 5 Live, or even worse, bigger numpties on TalkSport. So I never listened to TalkSport post-match. So I was like, no, this is fucking ridiculous. If you're in my car, it's not happening. It's, unless there's a live match you want to listen to, 
when that's force majeure, it's not happening because the people who ring that is absolute shit. And then along came the NKS. The Nina Kauser show was properly live. I could listen to our own fans talking about our match. I didn't give two shits about other people's matches. That was me down to the ground. I am forever grateful for this service that you have given us for so many years, consistently as well. I think you took, you had some holiday. I don't know which Taskmaster gave you a holiday. Seriously, me and that Taskmaster need to have some words. Never give, never give people holiday. Horrible. Ruins everything. So, first of all, thank you. So there's all the nice stuff. Like, you know what? Without you, there would not have been a post-match show for horrendous like me or other people to listen to. They would have had to listen to absolute fucking atrocious nonsense spewed by people who have no clue about a team that we don't give a shit about. You made it possible for yourself to spew shit about a team that we care about. It's fucking brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Jokes aside. <laughs> Jokes aside, Nina. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, the nice stuff, thank you. But this wouldn't be me calling if there wasn't a twist to what I had to say here. Because that's just shit, isn't of it? Really? Yeah, yeah, it would be. Right. So the panel, the panel, right? Anyone who is still connected and live and able to come off mute, if you're fast enough. <laughs> what has been your favorite Kauza saying or catchphrase? The common thing that Cows has been saying for eight years, and you know, you just know it's coming in a podcast. You just know it's coming in a And there's so many. We haven't had that many drolls, though. Drolls, you drolls, is you know, it's really hard to say. I don't know how I put to it. It's a drawer. It's a drawer, but it's not. The best one for me, and, I, and, I, and I'm willing to go down and go to kabaddi levels on this. Can I just say? <laughs> can I just say? If there's an AI t-shirt coming out, it has to be, can I just say? And then the cows are sure. Can I just say? Oh my God. It has, by, by and large, been the most fabulous Mancunian twang of a thing to say. Ever since that accent came out. Can I just say? It's how the say lingers at the end. Yeah? It's not right. If you go, can I just say? That's easy. Can I just say? <laughs> it has been fucking brilliant, Kaza. Honestly. You know what? That's the bit that that's the bit that I want to miss the most. You know, even on this you don't really get to say, can I just say that much? Because normally we don't let you say anything. No, you don't. You don't let me say anything. We let you laugh, though, usually yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normally at times expense, but... So, panel. Anyway, no, come on. You have to ask the question to the panel. Panel, what has been your favourite Nina Kauza go-to saying in a podcast? I'm, Over I'm, to I'm you. Well... To this is very unbranded. <laughs> can I can I just say as well? I I was I do remember that first ever live show because I was on it, and I think it was against Spurs. Wow! Look at this. Mem- you guys have got really really good memories. I mean, like I remember just absolutely bricking it when we went live, 
I, I felt like, um, you know, like your, your demeanor changes when you laugh. You think, oh gosh, this, you know, and I think that's why I was like, you know what, um, you know, I think before gags could iron out my errors, you know, because it was on Skype, we could edit it, but yeah. So yeah, drow is, um, a lot of people are saying drow. Um, I remember Nina eating chips live on the podcast. <laughs> It's meal time. I'm so sorry, people. I'm so sorry. But yeah, professional, don't ever do that. Um, uh, you know, anyone that's listening from Tad's question, I've, I've done all sorts. Um, well, Harinda, thank you so much for your call. We're going we're gonna to move back onto the game. Carl, yeah, I'm gonna... only, wait, wait. There's only one panelist who said something. Uh, I mean, all I can say, Hrinda, is I, I think you nailed it with your impression. You know, I, I don't don't think there's anything more iconic than that. And um, I was laughing to myself, muted in the background. So, um, it's a classic. Yeah, could I just say it as well? <laughs> it was as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, was uh, what? Are you, what are you going to do with all the time that you get back? I mean, post match is going to be really shit now. I have to wait then for Trev and those guys to release their thing from a rural field in Ireland. You know what? Here's the thing, right? Um, the thing that kind of um, uh, the penny dropped for me as well, like the, this show, like lots of you have said really nice things, but it's been good therapy for me because you just get it out. You, you, you get it off your chest and you're able to move on really quick. And I'm really intrigued to see how I handle, I hope there's no bad results, but how I handle bad results next season. Because this, this I, I call this my mini therapy session. So I might have to go into small rooms and start screaming, but it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge for me as well. I might just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Go on you can just go on Discord and call in. I could do just, you know, I mean, do something myself. But here we go, here we go, we'll, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I, I've got a lot to learn though, Harinda. Like you said, I've got loads of free times. I can now finally learn the difference between pigeons and seagulls. I mean, there's a big difference. Uh, uh, clearly not to me, but here's, <laughs> you know, there's no time like the present to educate birds yourself. In birds in Manchester all seem same, just grey. Well, pigeons that like to shit on you, that's what they are. But yeah, um, it's something that I will definitely, definitely be looking into. But Harinda, thank you so much for calling. No problems, Kauza. Have a very, 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 very good evening and last NK show. <laughs> okay, bye. See ya, bye. Okay, so that was Harinda. Right, you know what? I don't even know what to say. I just feel like this game was a little bit of nothing. We want to kind of wrap this up really quick. So, Carl, I'm going to come to you. And um, Tad touched on this as well. But um, uh, I want to talk about this, right? Because Liverpool conceded really, really stupid goals. But we had some nice worked goals. I mean, is there anything from the game that you kind of want to highlight? Because it was a nothing game. There was big changes. I, for me, a personal highlight was seeing Jota looking like he's got his like sort of scoring boots back on. Um, love you're getting the assist for the first one, and um, Roberto Firmino scoring like those were like my highlights from this game. Yeah, I mean, Bobby scoring in, in a game in which we did lose, you know, just just made it the the perfect send send off for him, you know. And 
you know, it's it's really sad to see him go. And I see a lot of people now today who are suggesting we shouldn't let him go. And, you know, you can't help feel like that, you know, based on the last couple of games where he scored. But then I, I suppose you just have to kind of throw emotion aside and, and say, well, look at the injuries the past couple of seasons. You know, maybe it's just come his time in, in terms of his body starting to break down. But nonetheless, he's been a complete Liverpool legend. And I'm just so glad that he's capped that off with a goal. Um. Yeah, as you said, Jota looked really dangerous, and he's got that 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 killer edge back. Where when you see him get the ball in the final third, you know you're you're thinking he he's going to score here. Which you know earlier in the season and late last season, he just seemed completely lost in front of goal. So it's so key for us. That's one of the positives, along with the the form of of players like Trent and Jones, etc. Obviously, that we can take into next season is that Jota seems to be back in terms of being that that fox in the box and having that killer edge, and he's certainly going to be a weapon for us next season. Um, I mean, I, I felt so sorry for what stuck out for me, really, I suppose, was I felt so sorry for Mo Salah. He seemed so much on a quest to get that yes. goal and, and get that record uh, to, to, to beat out Henri for being the, the only player to, to have um, three seasons with, with 20 goals and 10 assists. Um, so to, he came so close so many times. He looked really well up for it. And, and I think it, it wasn't just that the, I don't think he was going for the 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 record at the end of the day. I think he, he was obviously going to win the game for his team. That's he so wanted to end it on a win. And I just felt sorry for him that those the chances were in vain. But you know, hopefully he, he brings that that effort, that enthusiasm into next season. I'm sure he will. Um yeah, it, it just it, it's a hard game to really take take much away from as we said right on the, the front end of the show. You know, there's just there's a lot of disjointedness in there with the changes a little rust individual rustiness um you know obviously Callagher could have done better on some of the goals and a lot of people pointed out that you know the, the only difference between this game and the rest has been Allison. um I'm not sure I'd go that far but I, I definitely think it did highlight the, the importance of our number one and and how key he was to, to to what little we did achieve this season um but it's so important next next year that his teammates help him out because you know i don't think Callagher was done any favors today by his teammates that he didn't have the you know kind of that allison ability to, to pull those wonder saves out probably because he hasn't played much of late and we were punished for it and even Allison, you know, he he's not he's not invincible. He's not a god. You know, he's he's close, but he's not quite there. And therefore, he is going to concede chance goals. You know, to, some are going to get past him. And therefore, you just can't a goal. A great goalkeeper should be a bonus. He should be that that extra one percent. You know, it, that gets you to to the honors. But you need the rest of the team to do their part, and they haven't this season. And and this game for me highlighted that. So we 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 just need improvement all over. We do need an improvement on our Lubo there in the chat saying more will get 20 goals and 10 assists next season. Um, here, here. Um, I think this season will make him really, really angry. I'll be honest with you. So hopefully, Mosala just looked really, really sharp in the second, in, in the second half as well. So, you know, watch this space. Um, I'm sure he'll be putting in more time in the gym, coming back extra, extra fit and healthy and ripped and shredded and, you know, um, uh, having a point to prove. Andy, I'm going to come to you. Uh, what were your positives from that? I mean, with with Kelleher, the keeper as well, I think Klopp kind of played him because why not? Uh, get him out there, get him some minutes. Um, 
maybe a shop window opportunity as well. Wasn't really helped by the defence. I thought he could have done a lot better on the second goal. It literally went under him. But again, I guess you could put, contribute that to lack of playing, rustiness. I don't know. But um, I want to get your thoughts on, um, you know, the positives of the games I mean, and, and the more, negatives. Obviously, the positive there, yeah, how up for he was, how desperate he looked like. He really did look desperate to get that goal. And and I would agree with Lubard. I I do think there's every chance uh, more get you get the twenty and ten next season um, because we shouldn't forget that you know the first however many games of the season it was where we had more Salah stuck out on the touchline like right out in uh, getting chalk on his boots. Yep. Uh, and it wasn't until we you know suddenly. Hallelujah, we move him closer into the middle of the pitch and he's a lot more involved and he starts scoring goals again and being involved in contributing to goals. Like, surprise, surprise. Um, so, you know, had we not bizarrely done that thing with him at the beginning of the season, he probably would have had another four or five goals anyway. So, he, yeah, he was his hunger, his desire and his near piece of magic with that um, that volley that hit the outside of the post. Yeah, I guess that's a, a positive from today. Some of the some of the the football involved in in the build up to uh, a few of the goals were again a positive, and that we have looked so much better since we've gone to this shape. We've creatively with our movement and you know finding out chances. It has definitely improved, and we look more ourselves. One thing I, I did like today was it was just again an, another example of um, Trent Alexander Arnold's technical ability. Um, so it, you know, whatever part of his yeah. body the ball is coming out, whichever side it is, is of him it is coming out. His agility and his ability to control it, to move it, to use it—just such, such a good technical player, a, a phenomenal technical player. And it, I mean, it's going to be interesting, obviously, to see what we do next season in terms of our shape and what we go to. And I do have my reservations about this shape that we've been using. And the fact that it places so much on one player, but um, you know, getting getting the absolute most from Trent obviously was, is a positive, and seeing him involved in some of the things he did today definitely was a positive. And and as Carl mentioned, you know, the shot uh, getting a couple of goals and, and looking pretty sharp again, that's got to be another positive. Uh, the negatives are obviously what has too often been a negative this season. And that is the defending. We look shambolic at times. Uh, players can just run through the centre of our midfield. Um, nobody willing to put a tackle in at times. It just uh, really, really shambolic. Although, as I said at the top of the show, probably not helped by the fact that um, you know three of the back four and the goalkeeper haven't featured for 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 weeks, and Kelleher for for longer than that. So, I mean, obviously, Keller is going to be rusty. And the likes of Shimikas, you know, playing once every three or four weeks, it's really not going to help their rhythm and their understanding. So, you know, you could perhaps <clears throat> give a little bit of leeway to some of it, but um, our defending as a team, not just the back line, but as a team, is going to have to improve one hell of a lot next season if we are going to be uh, up there and challenging. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, 
and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Absolutely, and I like your point on Trent there as well, Andy. And, you know, there was an article on Anfield Index by... um by Steve Smith about Trent Alexander-Arnold and Liverpool can't be heavily or overly reliant on him. It's not gonna, you know, it's, it's not gonna be ideal. And, um, anyone who's not checked out that article, do check it out. It's on Anfield Index. It's a great read. It pretty much, you know, goes into depth about, you know, we can't use it as, as, uh, you know, paving over the cracks in terms of we need reinforcements in the midfield, you know, um, so, Andy's hit the nail on the head there. And do check out that article on, on Anfield Index. Guys, is there anything you want to talk about from the game or from the season? Is there anything you just want to get off your chest? Now's the time to do it. And then we're not going to do man of the match. We're going to do player of the season. So, um, Carla, I'll come to you. Anything you just want to get off with regards to maybe the season or this game? The floor is yours. Well, I'm in for the season. I'm, uh, I think Kieran said it best earlier when he said he's glad it's over. Um, it, it's it's been a tough, tough season, and probably the toughest season in, in the Klopp era. I mean, I know we had the the, the season before um, where we just about made it into the top four, and that was a tough season. But you know, there were, there was a lot of bad luck with injuries, and that. I think this season while injuries certainly didn't help and I haven't looked at the injury table in a while but it wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool are top of it but I still don't want to give them that excuse because I think a, a lot of the pain this season has been of our own making you know the mistakes by Klopp and his staff you know um, lack of effort by certain players at times uh, you know kind of uh, lack of ambition by the owners last summer um or, or I suppose some might make the argue too much ambition thinking it's it's uh, top top players or or no players uh, but whatever the case might be it was the it was negligence at the end of the day. And, you know, that's the, the most frustrating thing when you know you could have done better. You know, when you know you just can't blame luck or say, oh, it's, you know, because, you know, times when you miss out on the sea, on the title or something, you know, you're, you're you're disappointed, you're frustrated. But, you're like, you can point the finger at City and, and what they've been doing and, and, you know, but this time we can only blame ourselves. And that, for me, is is why this season is, is the worst season in, in Klopp's era. But, you know, sometimes bad seasons can be a positive in the long run because they teach you a lot of lessons. And, yeah. you know, I think this season's been crazy across the board. A lot of teams have underperformed. You know, we're not the only one. You know, Chelsea have been rotten. Spurs have been rotten. I mean, it looks like Spurs are completely overhauling everything from, from top to bottom. You know, they're 
by all accounts getting rid of half their squad the the people at the top you know they the and that's what you need to do and you know the, this season reflects that the year for me in a lot of ways in which Leicester won the title and in which a lot of bigger clubs underperformed and one such club was Chelsea and I think they finished with 50 points that season and then the next season they went out and won it at a canter with 92 points and I'm not saying we're going to run out and win it with 92 points next season but that shows the kind of reaction you can have to a bad season but you have to react that's that's what's yeah. key we, we need to we need to make changes and and I'm hoping that the the Klopp and and the, the people above them are, are ready to make those changes because if they aren't then you know this goes from from the worst season in, in the cop era to 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 the end of the cop era that's just how it is so it's so so key that that we react to this that we try and turn all the negative in, into a positive with lessons learned because that's that's what's key to, to success in, in football um so hopefully we we can do that and, and then we can just remember this as a as a blip Indeed. And who was your player of the season? Alison. I mean, it's it's so simple. I mean, shout out to, to Mo. He's had a great season as well. But for me, Alison has just been a colossus there. And, and if not for him, I, I really fear to think um, how, how how bad this worst season of, of Klopp's would have been. You know, we'd probably be adrift in mid-table at this stage because it's just ridiculous the, the amount of goals that he saved us. He's been unreal. And I hope if he can carry this form into next season and his teammates take the step up that we can we can really achieve something. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I think one of the things that was really hard for me to kind of digest this season was um, some of Jurgen Klopp's like comments earlier on in, in the season, in the press conferences. Um, I, I didn't take to them well at all. And, you know, this is coming from someone who absolutely loves Jurgen Klopp. But the fact that, you know, he wasn't willing to address and it was almost like ignorance on his part that really bothered me. I think it was really hard to kind of digest this season as well. With, you know, in comparison to the season that we had previously in terms of we were challenging for everything to, you know, we for everything, to, you know, every game was competitive. And this season, our season was pretty much over after, you know, um, I'd, I'd say after we kind of pretty much lost to Bournemouth, it looked like, you know, Champions League football was off the table. But, you know, literally no, nothing to play for, like out of the league, out of the FA Cup, out of the Carabao Cup, got knocked out by Real Madrid. Like, and that was a really, really bitter pill for me to swallow. And I think that was really, really hard. And, you know, like you said, the response is going to be absolutely crucial. You spoke about Leicester there. Look at them now. They're, they're relegated. Uh, you know, the fact that, you know, Everton are still going to fight another season, uh, you know, Let's hope they're gone next season. Um, that's what I hope anyway. And uh, yeah, playing season is really hard because it's hard for me because I like it when there's loads of options. I hate the fact that there's only two standout players and I'm going to go with Ali as well because if we don't make those saves, I think we're in a relegation scrap. And I think Simon Brundish tweeted something very similar. And I think he retweeted himself. Um, he, he did this back in October. And I think that rings true. I think if it wasn't for Alison Becker and some of those saves that he's made, I think we would have been in a really, really scary position. I think it's staggering that we finished fifth, considering how bad we've been. And yes, people, we have been bad. Can't You can't, you know, sugarcoat this. It's been a poor season. Andy, I'm going to come to you. Any takeaways from the season or from the game uh, on the and season, your, your player of the season? In terms of the amount of work that's got to be done this summer and and... 
as um, Eddie had mentioned, and as Carl rightly spoke about as well, is the importance of learning the lessons. Uh, they, they they have to be learned. Those lessons they have to be learned because this season has been a failure, and for the most part, has been quite frankly pitiful. It really has not been good enough on the pitch, um, on the coaching, anything. None of it is. It's it's just been a really really. Poor, uh, poor season of abject failure and below the standards that the, this team had set previously and, and, and what should be expected of them. On today, um, one positive I did uh, uh, fail to mention was um, the green kit. We saw the green kit again, which thankfully means we will never, ever have to clap our eyes on that god-awful white kit that looked like uh, interference on a television screen. It was bloody awful. And not only that, but I think I feel like we kind of lost every single game that we played in it. So good riddance to that awful away kit. And uh, just a note to say, you know, uh, bon voyage and, and oh, you know, how to elaborate just um, what Bobby Firmino has given the club in his time. Um, a, a legend, a genuine bona fide legend, um, playing his last game for the Reds today. And Milner, also another guy who's contributed. I wouldn't call him a legend, but he's certainly yeah. contributed. He's been a part of it. He's given his uh, given his all, and I've come to like him. Uh, and really, he's grown on me. It played. He's played his last game for the club today. Oh, it's you know, it, it's the end of uh, you know. For a number, it's the end of an era today, and and let's just hope the future is is a brighter one. Uh, and as for player of the season, well, it's quite easy really for me. It's it's Allison, hands down, um, head and shoulders, our best player this season, and not just yeah. our best player, but head and shoulders about above any other goalkeeper in the league. Not just ability wise and how good he is, but in performance over the course of this season, he has been comfortably the best goalkeeper in the Premier League and it is staggering that anyone else that anybody uh, sorry would put anybody else in their team of the season when they're looking at goalkeepers I would go so far as to say he has been one of the top three performers in the Premier League for all players this season that is the difference he's made to us and he's kept us within a sniff and the, the outside chance of even being able to uh, snatch Champions League football. So, yeah, without him, we'd be probably in a similar position as to where Chelsea have finished up the season. And that's not exaggerating. He is a colossus and just the best goalkeeper I've ever seen play for Liverpool. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, let's hope everyone else can wake up around him and, you know, perform to the levels that he has been doing this season, consistently been performing. Andy, um, we've come to the end of the show. Um, uh, yeah, do you want to um, let people know where they can Andy find on you on social media? On, on Twitter. But more importantly, Nina, I, I really do want to say, um, in terms of this show, it is your last show. And, and Nina, you, you were a trailblazer, as has been mentioned. You led the way uh, both on the microphone and behind the scenes. And if you forgive me for saying this, I, I would say that you are the matriarch of Anfield Index. Um, it was back in early 2015. Now, I'd only written a handful of articles, yet you saw something in me 
and you went to bat for me and you recommended me to gags. You. <laughs> it's because we were friends on Twitter for so long. And I was like, well, this guy talks a good game. I'm intrigued to hear him on a pod. And that helped me become a member of the uh, Anfield Index family. And I may not be as involved, you know, uh, as I as I was, but I'm still a member of that family. And it is, and I can assure anyone who's not involved as a contributor, this really is a family. Once you're in, that's it. You are family, uh, and and you and Gags really are at, at the head of that family. Um, so selfishly, I would like to say thank you for all that you did for me. But more importantly, I would like to say thank you for all that you've done for Anfield Index. Your knowledge made you a respected figure and your dedication has made you a legend. And and I would say also that it's fitting that on the same day that a player that you campaigned for and fought, you know, you 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 really put it out there for, yeah. for Bobby Firmino. You know, that the day that he put his Liverpool career to a close is the same day that you were closing the curtain on your show, the post-match podcast, the Nina Kauser show, your show. So it, it is kind of fitting that um, both of you close it on the same day, given just how much uh, of a proponent you were for Bobby Firmino. And that uh, that as well showed just, you know, you were taking in more than just um, Liverpool games and you were to be respected in an era at, at a time. And, you know, eight, we're talking eight years ago then, you know, uh, women were not, even just eight years ago, women were not um, respected enough and their opinions were not taken enough notice of. And you were demonstrating that, um, you know, you, you knew what you were talking about. You loved the game and you understood the game. And again, I just want to say thank you for, for you bringing me into Anfield Index and everything you've given. Um, you, you are a legendary figure in this and it's um, only right that you go out on a high. Thank you so much, Andy. I mean, yeah, thank you. Uh, you, I'm not being funny. You, I'm just glad that you accepted the invitation and, you know, things happen. You start doing your own podcasting and you're a big, big part of Anfield Index. You're a big part of this show as well. Somebody I consider a friend and I was just so glad that when I, you know, when you got into the podcast and you started doing a whole lot of other podcasts as well, like it just gives me like, there's so many good memories. Um, but thank you so much. And yeah, um, yeah, I just, yeah, thank you. You, you guys made my show. You guys, you don't understand the listeners, the, the people that listen on Discord, the callers, the panel, you know, this show is all about you guys, but give Andy a follow hopefully we're going to hear him on more podcasts I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Carl in now Carl uh, where can people find you on social media and then I've got a caller so I'll quickly get to the caller as well oh where can people find you on social media and is there anything you'd like to plug yeah so I do actually have a plug this time Nina finally last show of the season have a plug before I get to that you know I I just want to kind of say once more to, to thank you for the opportunity to be involved in the show because while the show wasn't my start on the footballing side of AI that was um 
face off um, yeah. show I got a, the opportunity to host but unfortunately despite my enthusiasm I, I didn't have guys contact book and I couldn't keep it going with the, the rival fans and you know I was very disappointed at that but when one door closes another one opens and thankfully yourself and Gags invited me to, to be one of the guests for um, the show at the start of last season and I've really enjoyed the past two seasons being involved and you know it, it's funny I, I can even remember losses because you know as you joked it's it's therapeutic I, I remember coming on after we lost I think it was to West Ham and um um got a blanking on on uh, the the call the call it Dell called in and seemed to get the the uh I think Gags was hosting that day and Dell got the the uh offside rule completely wrong but sent us all interruptions of laughs and you know you, you get those laughs on the show even after laughs and uh, after losses rather and and you know that that is so important because you know football is yeah. supposed to be fun and, and the losses can be crushing but when you can take something like that from it, it it's 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 always important so you know just thank you so much for for allowing me to be, to be a part of the show and i wish you all the, the best of luck with the, the new projects and and your further work behind the the scenes um as for my social media you can find me on twitter at kmac of the cop and in terms of a plug myself and guy finally got back in the the hot seat uh one up yeah. is no more but guys decided to fold it into buzz so now buzz has kind of a, a gaming side to it as well so we got a podcast recorded unfortunately steve wasn't able to join us due to some red tape but he'll be on with us soon so if you like your your gaming and you're looking for something to to listen to as the football season winds down be sure to give that pod a listen and, and we'll be back with more soon excellent stuff i am so glad you're back to podcasting again off season loads of games are coming out you should be really busy and keeping the listeners up to date you know on the knowledge with what's going on so yeah do check out that podcast give Carl a follow on Twitter as well I have a caller because it's my last show we will go up um, uh, it is ML17 are you there? I am how are you? Oh, wonderful we're great thank you um, uh, yeah thank you for joining us um, uh, the floor is yours take it away so Nina you're probably not recognising my voice because I like my yes, voice is just yes. in terrible oh, shape yes. I do recognize. I'm so stupid. <laughs> yes, I recognize your voice. So, um, I guess uh, one of the privileges I get to obviously speak about is the fact that I've been sort of connected to Anfield Index since the beginning. Uh, unfortunately, life has taken a lot of opportunity away. I can't even watch this limit team as much as I'd like. Not that they're massively sort of enthralling in the last few weeks, but everyone knows that. However, that doesn't stop you from doing all these shows, right? Um, I just, I didn't want to miss this moment because obviously, uh, I'm pretty sure it was one of the first couple of Nina Kaiser shows right at the beginning when you first got involved. And mm -hmm. uh, I still remember the, the first couple of Live at Birds podcasts. I think I sent you a voice note, um, uh, recently, Nina, just sort of celebrating this where, uh, the whole affection around Jürgen Klopp and around German football started with you, um, sort of ranting and raving because I didn't know what all the fuss was about because I was just focusing on on Portugal and England um, in terms of the, the football that I follow. But in any case, um, from one of the Anfield OGs, Anfield Index OGs, I just want to say congrats, well done, good luck. And uh, I'm just obviously super chuffed that uh, you're connected and who knows, may our paths cross again. So for me, Marco, uh, really all the best and well done, well done.
I'm sure that guy did not need an introduction, but that was Marco Lopez, people. And no, our paths will cross. And thank you so much for joining us, Marco. I know, I know you're really busy, so I really, really appreciate that. Thank you for being, you know, from a one last one song. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. So that was Marco Lopez. I mean, guys, this is the end of the Nina Casa show. Uh, period. The end. I just. Just want to say I want to thank everyone, uh, everyone that's ever listened, everyone that joins us live on Discord. You know, thank you for taking the mick out of me as well. I, I appreciate that. I love the fact that we had this person that we were like a family. I felt comfortable to eat around you guys. Thank you to everyone on Discord who made this fun. Thank you to every single, every single panelist that I've had. I mean, I can't even name them. Every single one has been exceptional world class for me uh special bonds special bonds i will not forget this journey but and of course you know the the main guys eddie gags and uh, greg who made it all possible who you know let me do what i needed to do and uh yeah um uh, it's it's been an absolute honor um thank you so much for listening once again um take care and um yeah this is me out bye We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.